When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome to Apartment 4D, the podcast about New Girl. I'm your host, Jill, here on Zoom with Hevs. Hi, everybody. And Joe. Hello. We want to apologize for moving to an every other week format to avoid using Zoom, only to immediately use Zoom. (laughs) Sorry, guys. To blame our daughter, Cassidy. When Joe was out last time, he had to help her move, so we lost a whole day's worth of recording opportunity. (laughs) We're here to discuss Season 5, Episode 11, The Apartment. Before we do, we'll quickly pass around the feeling stick. I have nothing. Joe, I take it you have nothing. Um, yeah, I don't, I got nothing. Heather? I have a feeling stick. Okay, this is fun, you guys. Schmidt is in a movie. Max Greenfield. With Aubrey Plaza from Parks and Recs. And I watched the movie because they're both in it. And so is John Ritter's son, Jason, Jason Ritter. Ritter. Yeah. Okay. And it's called About Alex and it's on Crackle. What on earth is Crackle? Where do you find these apps? <laughs> it's like two feet. Like Snap Crackle? No, it's just Crackle. <laughs> Why am I paying for your Netflix? You don't even watch it anymore. <laughs> no, I watch it too. <laughs> okay. Anything else? No, I just want to say that it's it's a drama, okay? Okay. So seeing Schmidt and Aubrey in a, it's not a comedy. I understood and, that when you told me it was a drama. Yeah. So seeing them in that in that sort of venue was fun. I have more feeling sticks, but I'll save them until we're in person. I think that's a good idea. The Netflix description of season five, episode eleven, the apartment is. Jess's new principal overload, I'm sorry, her new principal overloads Jess with work just as she's trying to help Cece move into the apartment and Cece's having second thoughts about marriage. Joe, what is your Joe flicks for this episode? For this one? (laughs) Boy, this is a tough one. You've had some time Uh, to prepare. (laughs) I guess you could say apartment 4D the hoarders. That would be what it is. Because that, that's what CC is. She's a hoarder. Right. She's moving into apartment 4D. Yeah, but did you see her try to pack? Oh my God. I watched the episode, the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Heather? <laughs> I could see your face. You're not voting for Joe Flicks. I'm sorry <laughs> from this episode include Elizabeth Berkeley as Becky Capitavi who's needs no introduction we've all seen saved by the bell and what was that movie she's in showgirls I've never yeah heard of showgirls you've never heard of saved by the bell heather i've heard of saved by the bell i've never watched it okay you've heard of showgirls do i have it with elizabeth berkeley it was like just like torn apart it's like the worst movie ever it was like 20 years ago Actually, yeah, I was going to say he's exaggerating, but it was about 20 years ago. Anyways, Sam Richardson. Oh. And Jensen. 
so we're going to move on since we're on Zoom. We open in the loft and Schmitnick and Winston are trying to figure out what's in this big box that's been delivered. Uh, Cece as, and Jess are going to toast the place goodbye, as in Cece's apartment, and Schmidt thinks that's adorable when the guys ask, are we adorable? And Nick says, no, we're adult men. We're cute. Joe, is that how you describe yourself and your friends? <laughs> no, I mean... Uh... I don't really describe my friends or myself, but I don't think cute would be the word. Adorable? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I've never, I've never really uh, thought of anything in that way, so I don't know. Okay. So uh, Jess arrives and says, oh, good, my box is here. And as she's talking about her new principal and how the principal gives her all the work and she has to do the budget and we get a little flashback. She starts tearing apart the box and we find out it's a punching bag, which she starts punching very out of character for Jess to be so, I guess, violent, right? Because I like the conversation at the start before that we're adult men mm -hmm. where Nick goes, I don't know. I just get, I, I get all my stuff at the port. Yeah. And Schmidt's oh, that like, was funny. <laughs> it's like, the port, he goes, yes, the port. So you don't me <laughs> talking about the port. But he, Smith was talking about where he gets everything. And in there, he said his food seasonings. He goes, I, I get everything local, local except for my food oh, seasoning. Yeah. <laughs> and then I like when Winston says, this box is too small to be a cat hotel. Yeah. <laughs> and too big to be pants. Pants. Yeah, so it's not mine. <laughs> so Jess arrives at Cece's to find that she's done absolutely nothing and no packing yet and hasn't prepared at all. Back at the bar, Winston announces he told Allie he needed a new partner and she took it really bad in a flashback, angrily giving him back everything that used to be his, including his pure mood CD. And we find out that he uh, asked for a different partner because he just couldn't take being around her anymore, listening to her talk about her boyfriend, it was too hurtful for him. So he's meeting his new partner, Dunstan, who comes <laughs> in and is basically the exact same as Winston and says, I hope you want to listen to my pure mood CD. And he, Winston says, let's just skip track straight to track seven. Elations, elations. It's not, his, his, no, his CD was called Card Jams. Winston had pure mood. But oh. he walks in, and if you notice, the cover on that CD was the same cover as Pure Mood. Yeah, I think it is Pure Mood. He's just saying, I hope you want to listen to some car jams. Like, these are my jams. For oh. oh, and it happened to be Pure Mood also. Yeah, they both have Pure Mood number seven elation. <laughs> so when they leave, a flasher comes in, which was an interesting subject for a sitcom. Heather, you look confused. You want to say something or you're just confused? Um, both. Um, it, don't they say something about a Paul Reiser biography? Yeah, yeah that's, that's the box. So that's the box. I think it was an autographed picture or a picture of him. No, no that was Dave Coulier. Biography. That's right. That's right. That's right. Dave Coulier. It was Dave Coulier picture, a biography. Mm -hmm. Then those one glasses that I think said good or something like or something. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> all this he, box, and she's like, "Want to try them on?" Well, yeah. Why do you got? He goes, "Why do you have these to try them on?" You know what I'm saying? 
It was hilarious. And that's why I say this show is Apartment 4D, The Hoarders. Because oh. everyone was hoarding this show. Yeah, also, where was all that stuff? Was it in the police car? Because that was excessive. She, he left it. At, yeah, he left it, I think, in the trunk or something. I like when she goes, my mom's cell phone number. Like, Winston yeah. said that. <laughs> <laughs> They're hoarding everything this show. It'll okay. come up a few more times, too. I'll show you. Oh, thank you. Okay. Heather, did you want to say something or? No. Okay. So we move back on to CC's um, where Jess is saying they can't drink because they have to pack. And they're going to make a keep and toss pile when Becky calls and the budget that was due, you know, next week is now due tomorrow and Jess needs to have it done or she's fired. So Jess gets off the phone and she's like, Cece, keep her or toss pile. Let's go. And holds up an off brand Looney Tunes sweater that says George Bunny. It looks like Bugs Bunny on drugs or like he's hung over and Cece can't figure out whether she wants to keep it or not, which I thought was kind of cute. It seemed like something to me Joe would own, an off-brand Looney Tunes shirt. I don't know. <laughs> right? Don't you think, Hems? I can see Joe rocking that. Yeah. <laughs> so we're at the bar and Schmidt is calling, saying he's going to call the police. So he just calls Winston directly to tell him about the flasher. And we're back at CC's and she's still not able to decide. And she thinks that this is all her important stuff from her single life. And finally just can't handle it anymore and locks her out. And is like, I'm sorry, I've got to get this done. I'm packing without you. Back at the bar, we find out that Nick's been flashed by seven or eight people since college. <laughs> is not alarmed by it at all. It used to be quote, more interactive. <laughs> We never find out what that means. He goes, is it just me? Am I, is it just me that's been flashed 300 times? Don't tell me it's just me. Yeah. Like everyone <laughs> is supposed to be flashed. Dunstan literally can't find the bathroom and Allie shows up because I guess 911 also got called saying she's there for the flasher and it's really awkward and kind of competitive between her and Winston and she eventually leaves. Well, Winston says, we got a lot in common. For instance, we're both blind. Me, color, him, him night. night. Police <laughs> <laughs> people get to just choose their partners? Well, he didn't choose. He just asked for a new partner. Oh, he just asked for a new one. Yeah, okay. so he's meeting Dunstan for the first time at the bar. So whoever paired those two up was a fool. Do police even have partners? Oh, yeah, they always travel. Yeah. I'm not going to say I've got pulled over a lot, but I will say when I get pulled over, it's usually just by one person. In LA, though, you got to have two cops. Oh, yeah. so it's because I live in the city I live in. Well, no, right. here they have two, two also, like, but if you call them, they'll come in twos. And but two if separate cars. Over, I've never, I've had to call the police a thousand times for my work, and I've had multiple police officers show up, but they're all in their own vehicles. I've never had someone show up two police officers in one vehicle. Like, I understand they come in groups. So I don't know. But this is a long time ago. Maybe that's what they used to do. If well, you're the officer, like, DM us. Remember that show, Chips, Joe? Yeah. They were always, I think that's what started the trend. Chips and Miami Vice. Maybe it's they just a TV thing. Partners, yeah. yeah. Okay, anyways, we're back at CeCe's and she pretends to be hurt outside the door and eventually just lets her in to see she's all packed and CeCe's very overwhelmed and scared. 
Um, and cause she just wants to marry Schmidt, but she just feels like a lot of emotions, which makes sense. Um, and when that happens, she says, Jess says, forget the binder. Let's have some champagne. Like, and is just ready to bond with her. Winston mm-hmm. and Dunstan are trying to handle things. And we find out that they're two alike before we get into that more. Cece says that Schmidt wants to make a new last name for both of them to have rather than her just to take Schmidt. And so far he's thinking of Zenith and Telluride. Yeah. It's not even a combination of their names. Just yeah. like Telluride. What? Just like Telluride. That's right. She does. So she says to Cece, you moved here when you were 18. You were totally fearless. You took that on. And we see a flashback to them finding a knife in the wall. When well, Becky wait a calls- minute. Not just moved there when she was 18, but moved eight. 18- Moved there when she was 18 with chokers. I was getting ready to episode. It was a bag full of chokers. Yeah, and then they show, then they cut to it, and she got a bunch of chokers on her neck. Well, that in that era, that's what you wore back then. Yeah, that was great. I love that part. Um, So they uh, flash back to them finding a knife in the wall that has a hair on it. Or I think they just find a knife in the wall at that point. Sorry. When Becky calls and Jess realizes she has lost the binder and they think that she must have packed it in one of the boxes. Back at the bar, Dunson is drinking coffee. He brews himself and keeps in a sandwich bag. Very problematic. And they're like, look, you just need to call Allie and you know ask her to be your partner again. When the flasher comes back, Winston and Dunstan tackle him, but they both stand up waiting for the other one to cuff because they both aren't cuff guys when the guy actually gets away as they argue, which was kind of funny. You know, when you see Winston acting like this, you can definitely understand why Coach and Schmidt had to go to that support group because they were worried yes. about it. Yes, it all makes sense now. Yes. <laughs> More worried about the police officer who's night blind, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they're unpacking all the boxes and everything, looking for the binder. When Becky calls again and Cece answers and says, my friend Jess quits. And she tells Jess, you also should leave. This job's ridiculous. Like you shouldn't have it. You leapt once before and look how good it worked out. And we flash back to her looking, uh, or Cece finds the address, the paper she wrote the address on for the loft. And we have a flashback of them talking about going for Jess to look and at the loft, maybe live there. And they say it's described as sun-soaked and beigey. And Jess is like, they sound like three nice girls. Talking about the guys. Yeah, which is a great callback because she says that in the first episode. Like, actually, I thought you were girls. Oh, she did. Yeah. (laughs) So Cece needs to, uh, so just Cece, you know what you need to do? You know who you need to talk to? And she says, yes, Winston. And I love how mad Jess gets. I, I, we need a podcast just about Winston and, and Cece and their mess arounds and their friendship. I agree. Um, so she says, no, you need to talk to Schmidt. That's what being married, you know, is all about. That's when Becky, um, oh no, sorry. I'm sorry. Becky already called. So, um, the whole time that they're freaking out, they realize that the binder was under the couch and Winston is back at the bar and oh no I'm sorry he's back at the police station he tells Allie he wants her back and she says why did you leave you know that really hurt and he said well you hurt my feelings when you kept talking about about and instead of saying the truth and saying about your boyfriend he says my music and she's like okay well you know the elations whatever it means so much to you like we can listen to it let's get back together 
uh, back at the school, Jess drops off the budget. She managed to get it done. Becky makes some like rude comments and Jess quits for real this time, which was a very crazy move to just quit with no job lined up. Because we all remember when she was unemployed before. Exactly. Which she referenced, but she said she did a lot of knitting, which isn't true. Not at all. She did a lot of stupid stuff. Yeah. So we see Cece waking up in her old place and Schmidt is packing everything and has coffee made for her. And they talk about how they're both feeling and makeup. And I love, love, love how Schmidt says, and I think Winston has another cat, but I'm not sure. He's being very vague about the whole thing. It's just, it's a foster cat. It's helping get over the alley thing. <laughs> very evasive about it. Evasive, yeah. yeah. I love when Joe just watches the episode right before we podcast. Yeah, Joe's on. And then Jess said, I take small steps like an arthritic dog. (laughs) Yes, instead of sleeping. I like when Jess says to Becky, I hope you have a minor career setback. Learn from it. Move out of state. That's like a Heather burn. That's funny. It is. And then the episode ends with a flashback to Nadia coming in, speaking Russian, and then finding the hair on the knife. And that is the episode. Nice. Let's get into favorite Jess look. I wouldn't say it's a big episode for Jess outfits. I just wrote that I liked her hair. Joe, what about you? She said something about, I'm gone for... Uh, I'm gone for a month and something happens. Her and Winston become best friends. Winston becomes a bridesmaid. A bridesmaid, yeah. (laughs) For a month and Winston becomes a bridesmaid. (laughs) But her outfit, uh, I didn't notice any of this this time. Okay, Heather. Um, Just for lack of anything else, I had to do the black floral dress that she basically wore in the episode. It wasn't a bad dress. No, and then, I, I mean, the the black um black and white thing she wore to quit too yeah town's tooth it was i am giving the best dressed award to cc because not only did she have the off-brands looney tune sweater she eventually starts wearing it towards the end of the episode so that cracked me up i like a good follow-through on a joke she's wearing it at the end i think when she's talking to uh schmidt and wakes up in the morning what's that when she gets up in the morning. Right. And then she's talking to Schmidt. Um, Heather, who's your best dressed? Well, this is crazy. Mine was Cece for a different reason. Ooh, why? The chokers. Oh, good call. Thank you. I have so many chokers. They're so stupid. You were into chokers. Oh, I could talk about what you were into, pantsuit. You want to do that right now? <laughs> I thought, Joe, who gets your best dressed? Um, let's see. This episode. Tough. I mean, uh, yeah, nothing really stands out, but I mean, I guess the most interesting piece of clothing was the Flasher's jacket. <laughs> oh, which kind of is a holler back to the trench coat in the cooler episode. Yeah, that's true. Nice call, so, Joe. So the best dress was the flasher. Ironically, with the least clothes. Joe, <laughs> Joe always chooses the most naked person. He does. <laughs> oh, it could be Miss uh, Kambunovic or whatever her name was. Ka- oh, Kapitabi. Yeah, yeah. That's a tough one to Kapitabi. say. Okay. 
she was also basically naked favorite schmidt moment joe why don't you kick it off oh gosh let me see i like the speech at the end where he's like yeah but we can worry about things for the rest of our, our problems for the rest of our life together when right. he was in the room and she's like they're like scared yeah but He's also funny when he lists everything that he doesn't get local. <laughs> that was my favorite Schmidt moment. Yeah, right. that was hilarious. Because I'm always mentioning all the seasons I use for my meat, Heather. And you really? She, yeah, and Jill don't like that, but you got to list everything. Several no. different rubs for all the chicken. No, you don't. <laughs> That's out of context, but we don't have time for me to explain it. Uh, mine was oh. also the end when he was a CC and so sweet and sincere. And I have a zero on the jar count, of course, because it's over now. Favorite funniest moments overall. I loved when Dunstan and Winston started singing and dancing to Elations. I love a good joke that pops up multiple times. This was three times in the episode. And the way Not they start like dancing the same. So cute. The whole Dunstan thing was really cute to me. Uh, Heather, your favorite or funniest moment? Well, mine was Winston and Dunstan, but in a different scene where they're handcuffing the flasher. Nice. But then I also had to give a nod to the note about the apartment. Yeah. I kind of, I didn't cry, but I got misty-eyed. You get misty-eyed a lot. Yeah. Joe, what was your favorite or funniest moment overall? Well, there's twofold to this. And the first one is there was almost a bear reference. Mm. Oh, yeah. We're not there yet, but okay. When, no, when, when Schmidt goes, he's talking about, or yeah, Schmidt's talking, no. Yeah. (laughs) Schmidt's talking about, or Nick's talking about someone's packing. And he goes, you should be called the Green Bay Mac Packers. Meaning that Green Bay Packers are in the same division as Chicago, but they didn't quite Jess said that. Yeah, Jess said that. You should to CC. You should be the Green Bay not Packers. So maybe that was the bear reference. There's no bear. Almost because the bears are in the same division as Green Bay. That is such a stretch. It's cool. No, but it's close. Yeah, but the the packing, the whole packing hits home because my family just, oh gosh, everyone just, I mean, I've moved so much. I I got packing down to a science, but I haven't passed that on to the next generation yet. No, no, (laughs) you have not. No, my daughter packed with six boxes and, and had to unload them and go back with those six back to the house. I'm like, where's all your boxes? I got six. Just unpack and then bring them back. So I literally moved and unpacked in the same trip. And then went back and packed up again. Packed it again. And well, and unpacked. The day of like everyone was helping her, not just like leading up to it. It was yeah. the day we were all there. And I'm like, why isn't she back yet? And just like, oh, she's filling the boxes at her house. That's why we're oh, here. Anyway, we yeah. digress. Um, she had already, I thought she moved everything because I walked in. There's only six boxes in the living room. I'm like, great, six boxes. This is going to be easy. No, that was the first set of six boxes. There was four <laughs> more. <laughs> okay, so moving on to Honey Roast Award. Hebs, who are you giving the award to this time? Oh, for me, it was an easy choice. Dunstan. Same. Oh, I knew somebody else was going to do Dunstan. What was your reasoning? Just because he was hilarious? 
oh, I, I thought he was just such a breath of fresh air and just so funny in the episode. I thought he added a lot to it. I like how he's a police officer, but sometimes he just completely loses feelings in his hand. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> like, you hold a gun. <laughs> and then Winston wants him to drive. And yeah. <laughs> At least they agreed on music. Joe, uh, who get, who or what gets your Honey Roast Award? Winston. Some really fine from the box and all his, all his items in the box, like the mom's phone number. Yeah. Why he's at. Uh, and then he goes, she's always talking about her boyfriend's ass. Say my, say her boy ass don't quit. Well, my ass don't quit. What about my ass? What's <laughs> funny? Poor guy. It's hard when you have a crush on somebody. Yeah, and, and then the jams. He's got to have the jams and dunk. You know, I guess he gets a co, uh, little co mention there because they both had the jams. Right. Nice. Or pure mood, I should say. Pure mood scene. Pure mood jams, yeah. Okay, so we have a bear reference because they mentioned football and there's a football team called the Bears. And that brings us to discussion questions. And I think we do have a little bit of time. Joe, did you bring a discussion question? Hmm, I was thinking about this. That's good. But... I mean, it all revolves around moving because this whole show was about hoarding, right? Look how much stuff Cece had. Look at how Winston keeps everything. So I guess the ultimate question is, if you hoard, if you feel like you're a hoarder, what is probably your number one, what's the number one thing that every time you move or would move, you got to have this with you. You cannot have it with you. I don't know why, but we've already asked that question before because yours is your barbecue plate. It is. It's, it's right there. <laughs> Everywhere I go. Cooked to perfection on Joe's Grill. <laughs> but what about you guys? What's one thing that you, you can't go without? I keep, bringing, um, I keep bringing our kid with me. <laughs> well, those you have to. But what's sentimental value? I just all my pictures people would probably. say throw out. What like is all- it? All the pictures. I have a lot of pictures. Yeah, true. Hevs. Well, I have a lot of pictures. I never move. But if you if you have to say like, oh, what does Hevs hoard? Then I would have to answer that with dog clothes. Dog clothes for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, and I'm getting two more two more racks, Joe. I'll send you the <laughs> pictures. Joe hoards Raiders stuff. I do. I still have I still have the letter from 19, 1990. And it's a letter from the Oakland Raiders. So when I graduated college, I had a sports marketing degree. And I said, I want to go into sports, not knowing at all how the world of sports works in terms of business, right? And so I sent the Raiders a letter saying that I want to be their director of marketing. Oh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a big-time position that's usually filled by ex-players or <laughs> you know, with people with 20 years of sports experience. And so I just, just started right at the top. That would have been my dream job. So I just started at the top <laughs> and said I wanted to work for the Raiders. And they were nice enough to write me back and say, hey, we appreciate your resume, which had zero experience on it, but 
you know, in the future, oh, we'll keep you on fire. Oh, that's the rejection letter you kept. Yeah, he it, framed yeah, it. Yeah, rejection letter. He framed it and hung it in the garage. Yeah, he loves that letter. Yeah, that's my only letter. The Raiders have so I can honestly say the Raiders sent me a personal letter. <laughs> that's true. Of rejection. Um, so my question is more of a statement. I just thought that Cece's freaking out and eventual talking to Schmidt about it and the way they both handled it showed so much growth and maturity for those two characters. If you think about them first season, about the pregnancy scare, about trying to make each other jealous or being embarrassed of each other. And I just thought that was really beautiful. And the whole Elizabeth thing, et cetera. Yeah. Good point. And also I liked it as long as we're talking about Cece. I liked it when she stood up. I always liked it when she stands up for Jess. Well, that was, a, I agree with you, but taking someone's phone and quitting for them is a little much. Well, and then she's like supposed to be drunk and hungover. She had like half a bottle of champagne. Yeah, like, maybe she drank more when we weren't watching. Yeah, I thought that maybe. was weird too, even if they split yeah. the bottle. All right, Heather, yeah. we are down to our last 10 minutes. So do you have one discussion question? Well, I have two really good ones. Let's but one for now. We okay. have nine minutes now. <laughs> have you ever had a boss who puts all their work on you? Joe? Have I ever had a boss? Oh, yeah. Jeez. I'm a boss that made me a food and beverage director, a stadium manager, a soccer complex runner. <laughs> I have like so five they titles. Motion? What's that? Heather's asking if they ever, that's like giving you a promotion or a new job. She's saying, did they ever like force you to do their job and they pretended that they did it kind of. Oh, oh, you mean done their job for them. Like Becky did to Jess. Um, no, I mean, I've had bosses that, you know, just didn't have the knowledge that I did, but I went into the job and I kind of helped them because maybe they were good at, like organizing files and paperwork and all that, which which I hate. So I let them organize everything for me. And then I would actually work, plan the event, do all the financial stuff, which is my strong suit. So I would say I complimented, I made them compliment me and me them, you know, so it was a good relationship yeah. versus saying, oh, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing everything because I know how to do it. And my boss don't, you know what I'm saying? That's right. not the right attitude to have. You, you find what your weakness is, admit your weakness, and delegate that. Even if it's your boss, delegate it to your boss. Just like she didn't know a lot of things that I knew. And so I did those things. Right. right. And the, that everybody looks good. You look yeah, good. Yeah, and everybody looks good. Your yeah. boss look bad. Heather, has that happened right. to you? Um, no. Uh, in all my jobs, I've been very blessed and at my reviews that was like what they dissed me on they're like you're not balanced stop working so much Mm. and my one boss like told me that on one review and then I didn't do it I kept working constantly and she's like you need to get in a master's program so it'll force you to do something else so it's like helpful but I have many times uh been in situations where I'm a volunteer and not not with you but 
like with my church and stuff where I'm a volunteer and I get everything thrown on me Mm -hmm. because everybody knows I won't say no. Exactly. And everybody knows I'm a perfectionist. Then I end up resentful. So it's a lose-lose. Nice. All right. Well, that guess we're almost out of time. So we're going to What about wrap. you? Oh, no, my answer was no. Sorry. Okay. I, I had another question. Okay. We're going to run out of time. So uh, we'll see you guys next week. Oh, nope. We'll see you guys in two weeks for the next episode. We hope you have a good week and we appreciate you listening. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.